Good evening. Today is Tuesday, August 11th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week, we are studying the preface, forward, and stories, and our speaker tonight is Kyla. Thank you, Kyla. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Kyla. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I came to the rooms in December 2020, and I've been abstinent for a little more than seven months now by the grace of God. Um, thank you all so much for allowing me to be here tonight, for allowing me to share. Thank you all for your service, especially. Um, so tonight I'm going to be sharing on chapter 17, the story in the back of the big book called Window of Opportunity. Um, it's on page 421. And so I was reading through the back of the big book, kind of deciding what to share on. Um, I've actually never really dove into these stories. Um, and so there was just so much truth in all of them, but I found one that um, just paralleled my own journey so well. Um, and so, you know what they say, is it odd or is it God? Um, so the first line reads, I got sober when I was still in college which I did too, and goes on to discuss the journey um, to recovery of a 19-year-old after hitting rock bottom and coming to the room. Um, so like I said, I got sober in college, worked the steps in my last semester. Um, I just recently graduated in May. I'm so thankful. Uh, thanks, Amy. Um, <laughs> so thankful to have found program when I did um, because the life I live now is simply you know, one that I just couldn't have never dreamed of. Um, and so I kind of just want to go through the story tied into my own life. Hopefully you identify to some parts, um, or get something out of it. So, um, so it says two years ago, a student was brought in by ambulance in the middle of the night. He'd gotten drunk, walked through a second story window and fallen 20 feet headfirst into a concrete window. Well, the nurse from that night states he was without a doubt, the single most obnoxious person I had ever met. Um, you know, I personally haven't walked through a second story window, but that very well, um, you know, is how my rock bottom felt. Uh, I was up and down the scale, caring more about the food in front of me or on the table than the people I was sitting next to. Um, I was insecure, hated myself, was riddled with anxiety, having panic attacks daily. Um, and some people would probably say that I was very obnoxious just because I was so incredibly selfish and so incredibly stubborn. Um, and the boy further goes on to ask himself, you know, how had I gotten here? And I just think about how many times I asked myself the same question. Um, you know, from the outside, seemingly I had it all together, but on the inside, I was miserable and I could not control this one thing. I just could not get a grip on the food. Um, and so the boy, he was at the top of his class academically, hadn't been in trouble his whole life, um, worked very hard to please his parents, and he knew and planned that college would be his escape. Um, and like me, uh, like him, I should say, um, I grew up in a very, you know, loving family, and, but like any family, it also had its issues. Um, my parents divorced when I was about 10 years old and my brother had a lot of mental health issues that 
required a lot of attention. And so I worked really, really hard to gain the attention of my parents by putting everything into my academics, making sure I was the best at everything I could be. Um, and I now realize that I was, you know, just trying to mask my low self-esteem and was worshiping all the wrong things. Um, worshiping the grade I got or my weight or people's opinions of me, especially my parents um, and almost anything that wasn't my higher power. And so, you know, I was a fixer of my family and I couldn't fix my parents' parents' marriage or my brother, you know, it led to a lot of anxiety, fear and resentment. Um, and my disease manifested itself mostly in my character defect. You know, like I said, I was always very selfish. I don't know if anyone remembers the Rugrats, but Angelica, that was like my nickname growing up. She was like the bratty sister or cousin or whatever. Um, and I just remember really taking on that role of being like super controlling, wanting things my way, being miserable if they didn't go my way, um, and just being anxious all the time. And so I thought that if everybody just did things my way, life would be great because I know best. Um, and I was so excited to go away to college. Hopefully then I would thrive, would not have to worry about fixing my family. Um, and life would be great. And so I went to college and that's when my disease progressed exponentially. Um, I felt like I never belonged, that everybody else got these instructions on how to navigate life. And I just never got the memo. Um, and like the boy in the story, college was when I discovered food. Um, you know, every time I identify out, which I did often in the beginning because um, I didn't come in with 100 pounds to lose. I remind myself that this disease is progressive and fatal. Um, and looking at, you know, how much my disease progressed, even from high school to college, is just insane. Um, and so while I didn't have 100 pounds to lose, I didn't have 100 pounds to lose yet. Um, and I didn't want to continue to go down that road. Um, my mom is also a compulsive overeater and probably going to listen to this recording. So shout out to you. Um, but... <laughs> You know, I, I saw how her relationship with food affected my family growing up as well. So, um, and so on page 423, it says, as I look back on that period, I realized how true it is that one of the primary differences between alcoholics and non-alcoholics is that non-alcoholics change their behavior to meet their goals and alcoholics change their goals to meet their behavior. Everything that had been important to me, all my dreams, goals, and aspirations were swept away in a wave of booze. I quickly realized that I could not drink or function at any high level. You know, there was a point my freshman year when life became so unmanageable and I was so filled with fear and resentment that I called my mom and was like, all right, you gotta pick me up over this college thing, not working out. Um, which is scary to think about because, you know, the school was like the one thing that I was doing right, that I was great at. Um, and it was like so close to, you know, to, I was so close to losing it. Um, I couldn't function anymore. I stopped eating pretty much altogether. I lost all motivation, had no longer, like no longer had the ability to function at any high level um, because this disease truly just took over my life. Um, and so the story continues by the kid failing out of college, realizing he messed up so badly and he contacts the, the dean and tries to get back into school. And the school pretty much says, attend AA and you can come back. Um, 
So he realizes he's hit his rock bottom, decides to go to a meeting. It says one definition of a bottom is the point when the last thing you lost or the next thing you are about to lose is more important to you than the booze. That point is different for everyone and some of us die before we get there. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm really grateful that I, that I hit my bottom so young and realized um, I was losing relationships and friendships due to my selfish actions. I already lost my sanity. Um, and, you know, I, I saw that path that I was going down. And so, um, like the boy in the story, I went to my first meeting and found people in the room who I just could relate to and heard my story. Um, and my favorite part of this story in the big book, it says, um, it's a quote from the speaker from the boy's first meeting he attends. They said, if you're an apple, you can be the best apple you can be, but you can never be an orange. And the boy states, I was an apple all right. And for the first time I understood that I had spent my life trying to be an orange. I looked around the room filled with apples. And if I was understanding the speaker, most of them were no longer trying to be oranges. Um, you know, this quote just really stood out to me because it's about accepting this disease and surrendering our pride because whether I admit I'm powerless over food or not, I am powerless over food. Um, you know, there's no point in trying to convince myself that I'm a normal eater, no point in continuing to let my pride get in the way. And so I'm so glad that I found these rooms with other compulsive overeaters. And now I know that I'm not alone in this. And, you know, this is a we program. You know, we are all apples, as the big book says. Um, and so, the boy and the story, his life begins to change when he started working with the sponsor, started working the steps, started doing service, um, and most importantly, when he began to pray. Um, and so he graduates, attends law school, which is crazy because I actually start law school in like five days, um, <laughs> and uh, goes on to celebrate his 14th anniversary sober and live out you know, this incredibly joyful life. Um, and the reason that he's able to do all of this is because he's no longer relying on self. Um, you know, even the past couple of months that I've been in program, I've experienced the joy and peace that I just never knew existed. Um, and this program is the, the solution, you know. This program has taught me to rely on something greater than myself, to always to pray for the next right thing, um, to trust that my higher power has a plan for me and to be okay with not having it all figured out um, and realizing that I don't have to figure things out on my own or do things on my timeline. Um, and so when I was able to rely on my higher power, my senior year looked wildly different than it would have in my disease. Um, I was able to be present with my friends. You know, the food on the table didn't call to me anymore. I was able to take in all the memories I made um, to take graduation photos and not be so concerned about what I looked like and to instead just enjoy each moment. Um, you know, I finished college with a clean slate. I made amends to the people I'd harmed, to my roommates, to my friends, to some of the people who I wasn't friends with who I'd harmed. Um, and I just got to clear my side of the street. And so um, a fellow in program told me the story of a man in AA who had a tough amends and um, came back all happy and told the sponsor, you know, it went really well. The sponsor goes, oh, so we took it well. And the guy goes, no, he told me to go F myself, but at least it's over with. Um, you know, and that's all about what amends are, you know, 
clearing our side of the street and everything else is none of our business. Um, and so I finished my last, last amends the day before I graduated. And it was just, you know, such a relief. And on my drive home from college, I was on the phone with my sponsor and she was like, how do you feel? Like, are you sad? Like, how are you doing with graduating? And I was like, like, no, like, I just feel so content and at peace. And um, truly, that is all thanks to my higher power and the way that my higher power has worked in my life for the past seven months. Um, and so I just want to end with kind of talking about ways that I connect with my higher power um, and how I stay connected throughout the day. And so the first thing is just a good morning routine. Um, I usually start with the third step prayer do like a 10 minute guided meditation um, and then finish with more prayer, asking God to allow me to do his will for the day. Um, and, you know, being of service has definitely been like the biggest thing and biggest way that I've connected with fellows and my higher power um, through sponsorship, especially um, outreach, doing service at meetings, um, and nature is one way that I connect with my higher power, whether it be through a walk or watching the sunset, you know, taking time to really just be grateful. Um, and I end with a good, you know, nightly routine, nightly review. And at first, my nightly review wasn't that great because I was super, super critical of myself. And I was like, this is very black and white. I feel like I'm not doing this right. Um, and, you know, it's, now I start with a prayer that I would be free from morbid reflection, fear, obsessive guilt, and dishonesty. Um, and I can just review my day constructively. Um, and lastly, continuing to take constant inventory. You know, when I fail to do my temps, which I'm human, sometimes that happens. Um, life gets busy and I forget to do temps or I just don't think of it. Um, and I put it on the back of my mind and you know, that's when my self-will and taking back my will starts to slip in. Um, I find myself being more controlling, more selfish, less willing to be of service, um, and just more filled with fear and trying to play God. Um, and so, like I said, I'm human. Sometimes even temps aren't enough. Um, right now I'm doing a mini fourth step on a friend just because I have too many resentments to do in one. Um, so yeah, just continuing to take constant inventory has been the biggest thing for me and always trying to just be honest with myself and remain truthful. Um, and, you know, the program doesn't end when the steps are finished. It's something that we have to constantly work at. Um, my relationship with my higher power is constantly growing and evolving. Um, and the higher power that I have now is not the one that I had from my childhood. Um, you know, there was a lot of guilt and shame around. Five minutes. Thank you. Um, around who I called God growing up and now realizing that my higher power that I get to choose is all loving and all kind and all accepting, um, even when I'm not so accepting of myself. Um, you know, that's the great thing about this program is choosing a higher power that works for us. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just incredibly, incredibly grateful for this program, for stories like this one where I can identify in. Um, and if you're in, new to program, have been in program, struggling, 
um, I guess all I have to say is like continue to seek your higher power, be willing to just let go, surrender. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for letting me share. Keep coming back. Um, and yeah, thanks. I can't wait to hear what you all have to say. Oh, Kyla, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, let's see. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares, as this is a big book study. Um, sharing questions should relate specifically to um, the chapter being studied this week. We ask that you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track, please. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or press star nine if you're on the phone, and our wonderful Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. Arlene, could you please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up again, please? Sure. Thank you. Okay, so who would like to share? We have Nora Z. Hi, I'm Nora. Um, I'm really new. Um, I'm, this is probably my fourth or fifth meeting. Um, I have really disordered eating. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater. And Kyla, thank you for your story today. Thank you for sharing your experience. Um, it was a great chapter. It seemed like it really related to you. I, I love how um, you brought up the um, uh, someone who uh, isn't an, an alcoholic or overeater changes their behavior to meet their goals, but somebody who is an alcoholic or a compulsive overeater changes their um, goals to suit their behavior. I thought that was, um, that's going to stick with me. So thank you for bringing that up. Uh, yeah. And just congratulations on seven months of abstinence. That's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. And Thank you everybody who's doing service behind the scenes. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the person who invited me to this meeting, um, I'm very appreciative for the community I found. So I'm gonna pass and hey, Nora. Next we have Melissa G. Hello, that was awesome, Cher. So glad to jump on this meeting. Wasn't planning to, but things worked out well. Um, when you said about trying to be an orange, that was just like, yes, that's exactly how I feel. I'm an apple. I have disordered eating. I will never be a normal eater as much as I want to be. And thought I was, I am not an orange. And when I had uh, family over last night for dinner and I had my separate food and they all had whatever I served, you know, 
I'm not an orange. It's not my food. I was able to be present actually and pay attention and make conversation and not sneak away into the kitchen to stuff food in my mouth because I would have been very busy off in the kitchen or in the garage. And I was able to be my apple sitting down having conversation. So I appreciate your share. Thank you, Melissa. Next, we have Nancy Z. Hi, everyone. Nancy, um, Nancy Z, recovered compulsive eater bulimic. Kyla, thank you so much. I just, I was just in a meeting a couple of days ago where we read this story, and um, and I've read it before, and just absolutely love it. Um, and 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 mainly, I identify with it because I got sober when I was probably the sage, um, but I didn't get abstinent that soon. Uh, and so I, I just, I, I appreciate your share. And I'm just, um, I'm really grateful that you're in the program at this time of your life, you know, and that you have all of those years ahead of you. Um, I was thinking about that for me and, you know, it took me a long time to get abstinent. It took me a lot of fighting, a lot of fighting and more fighting and I left and I came back and I relapsed and I left and it just you know a life almost a lifetime of that but today I don't regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it and I've never I mean all the times that I've come back I've been so resentful about all the years that God didn't get me abstinent you know and and why did I have to go through what I had to go through and today I just don't live with that resentment because I believe that everything happens for a reason and um and that I have a story, you know, that will help people, that will help someone else. Um, there's a lot in this story, but I particularly like the part where you, you pointed out one of the primary differences between alcoholics and non-alcoholics is that non-alcoholics change their behavior to meet their goals and alcoholics change their goals to meet their behavior. And I did that my whole life. You know, I, I, I gave up, you know, I gave up on so many of my dreams and, and, um, and, and desires because, you know, it's too hard. And I find that um, character defect today, you know, where I don't like, I don't, I want everything to come easy, you know, and it just life is not like that. So I'm learning, I'm learning at an advanced age, um, what, uh, you know, what it's like to grow up at, at, you know, 63 years old, I'm growing up and I'm learning how to take responsibility and not let everybody else take care of me. And, um, and it's a good life. It really is. I'm grateful. So anyway, thank you for sharing. Nora, welcome. Um, keep coming back. It's good to see you. And uh, I'll pass it back. Next, we have Kristen, uh, followed by Kira. Hi, I'm uh, Kristen. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, thank you for sharing your story. Um, I loved what you said about changing uh, goals to meet behavior. I have done that my whole life with the various addictions I have. That's, gee, I've never heard that before. Um, I just wanted to check in and claim my seat. I've had kind of a tough day. It started with little things like forgetting to put a filter in my AeroPress and getting coffee all over my hands at six in the morning to, I had to cancel uh, my trip back East to see my family because, um, we're concerns about transmitting COVID. So it's just been, um, a pretty tough day. And, um, I am just coming back from relapse. It's been a couple weeks and I'm still not in a neutral position. 
And when it started to feel really hard today, I started surfing the internet for restaurants. And so, um, you know, I, I was, you know, my plan was to eat abstinent food, but it was just the going out to the restaurant thing that I wanted to do to kind of mess with my food. So, um, you know, I, I need to work on that and watch that. And I should have reached out when it started and I should have prayed when it started, but still getting my feet back under me, uh, coming back from the relapse. So anyway, thanks for letting me share. And, uh, thanks again for your share. Next, we have Kira B. Hi, everyone. I'm Kira, recovered postal reader and bulimic. Uh, Kyla, thank you so much for your share uh, and for just everything you said was really moving. Um, and I really appreciate that you pointed out how fatal and progressive this illness like, really, really, really is. And I have a question for you, if that's okay. Um, I started thinking as you were sharing about this, like for me, my, my outsides looked like my physical form and my life looked like how I felt on the inside, like didn't like it, had no trust or anything. And I know for you with like, I know you described it as the self-reliance and, and the other defects and things, but did you find, how did you, I don't know if you can answer this so simply, but did you find a way that helped you trust in a power greater than yourself when you had lived a life that seemingly looked like you could trust yourself along the way? Like, were there things that helped you, I guess, in your step one, step two experience? And if that didn't make sense, please let me know. Um, I think I understand the question. Um, so I'll try to answer it. But I think, I think I, I knew that I didn't trust myself, even though it seems like I had it all together. Um, it just seemed, I didn't have it all together on the outside, but it seemed so because I worshiped other people's opinion of me so much. Um, and so kind of switching over to trusting and relying on a higher power and knowing how miserable I was worshiping other people's opinions, how that never got me anywhere. Um, when I began to worship a higher power that was all loving, all compassionate, um, all kind, that's when my inside started to match my outside. Um, if that kind of answers your question. I'm not sure if that does, but. <laughs> Thank you for the question and Carla for the answer. Next we have Katie B, followed by Randy and Haney. Hi, sorry, I'm, hi, <laughs> I'm Katie. I'm a cover compulsive reader. Um, Kyla, thank you so much for your share, thank you. And I'm like in awe of the fact that, you know, we all do this at our own pace, right? And we, we don't regret the past. <laughs> and so 
Um, and so it took me, you know, 40 years and that's okay, but it, I'm here. Right. But I'm so truly happy for you that this happened for you. And like in college, like, it's just, I, I, I just feel so happy for you. Um, and I, I loved your share. I'm going to read that story tonight. That's why I'm going to be my reading for this evening. I'm really looking forward to that. And the apples and oranges, first of all, I love that it's like food because we're compulsive readers. So that's just funny. But really, it's, um, yeah, man, like I always, I wanted to be an orange. Like that's all I wanted to be my whole life was I wanted to be an orange and I wanted to get normal and get cured. And then I wanted to go out and be an orange. And I still wanted to eat like oranges eat. And I wanted to act and think like oranges ate and thought. And it really like embracing that, like through the doctor's opinion and through the whole program that I am, that's not who I'm going to be. Um, and that acceptance and also like using that as like a jumping off point for the steps, not like, oh, I'll do the steps and I'll be fixed and then I'll be an orange, right? No, that's not what this is. And I'm, I loved the way you talked about that. And I really appreciated so much of what you said and just congratulations and, uh, and good luck in five days. Okay. Thanks. Thank you, PDB. Next we have Randy. Hey everyone, Randy, compulsive overeater. Uh, thanks everyone for your service tonight and um, thank you for your share. Um, I, I really related a lot and um, you know, some, some things just factually uh, about your stories, you know, school also came easy to me and I also, but I blew it up. I did blow it up. Um, and, um, I don't regret blowing it up. Right. Cause I'm an apple, like I got to learn from it. So I really appreciated, you know, that part of your story. Um, and, uh, I came into recovery in law school also. I mean, you're not there yet, but it was, uh, a little bit of a, a mess. Actually, I, I came in in disease and then started working the program while in law school and it made all the difference in the world. Um, but, but none of that, you know, it just doesn't matter. The journey is good. Like whether the things that happen to me are things I want or don't want, the journey ends up being good because, you know, it teaches me lessons. And I really, really, the apple orange thing really hit me today because <clears throat> um, lately in recovery, I've had this, repeated experience of doing things and realizing like, what the hell am I doing? Like these old ideas, these of thinking that this is a good way to do things. And I'm just like, by default, trying to like get a good deal on something by default, trying to like engage with these types of people or these types of activities. And then I'm just like, I don't enjoy this. This is nonsense. I'm wasting time. Um, and it's a gift of recovery. And today was such like a strange day that could have been a pretty horrible day in the past. Like nothing terrible happened. You know, we had some furniture delivered that didn't work out right because, you know, the company mismeasured things and like could have got angry about it, but it was just like, kind of like a nonchalant thing. I was like driving home from work and these people were like stalled on the side of the road. And I like, I saw it was like a woman with some kids. So I pulled over to like, see if I could help ended up not needing help, but it's like, I never would have done that before. Like I would have always been like, Oh, well, I'm sure they have a cell phone, you know, everyone, you know, someone will take care of it, you know, like, 
this idea of like not being in myself um, and, and embracing that, you know, embracing the challenge of living in God's world instead of Randy's world, which is a pretty selfish, dark place that leads to a lot of pain and misery. And, um, you know, I, I, whatever, I'm not, I'm not going to compliment you, but thank you for your service. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Randy. Next, we have Melissa P. followed by Stephanie S. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Kyla, thank you so much for your share. I just needed to um, share on what you had said about 10th steps. Um, so I work in a school, an alternative ed school, where I rack up a lot of 10th. A lot of people on the Zoom have taken 10th for me on my lunch break. Um, and I actually got a call a few days ago from someone asking me if I would be like part of their 10th step partnering process. And I was like, yeah, of course, you know, but I haven't really had a lot lately because I'm not at school. Hmm. That was a lie. Survey said, um, you know, because right, like I'm an apple and I'm still living life like out here. I have like a husband and children and weather and humidity and like COVID is doing the thing again. And um, I just, I love the, the mention about dishonesty where like, I can sell myself cars all day long, even still, you know, that I'm okay. I'm not annoyed. I'm not this. And um, I woke up Sunday morning covered in my own crap, just angry at the entire world and like I literally opened my eyes and I was angry and that used to happen to me a lot like I had a bone to pick with the world just upon awakening um and I wrote I wrote for two hours I started my 11th step and it was like you know what are you resentful at and I like dropped an f-bomb let me tell you what I'm resentful at and I went on and on and on 20 things later and as I was reading things, I was realizing, one, these are all 10 steps that I could have addressed when they happened instead of festering inside of me for weeks and weeks. Um, and then I did something different with my review. I do the review right out of the big book, but um, where I flipped them. And after I was looking at like my selfishness and, you know, all of those things, I found an opportunity for gratitude and wrote down where in that resentment can I find something to be thankful for, you know, like the humidity, you know, it's good weather and I'm not where there's wildfires or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but a lot of the times that's how I talk myself into thinking that I'm an orange still is that these little itty bitty paper cuts aren't going to bother me because they're not like real life, big deal things. Um, but I will die a slow death spoon in hand if I don't address those paper cuts. So I really appreciate you, Kyla, for bringing that back and just kind of like grabbing me by the face and reminding me that like, this is something that I need to be doing. So thank you so much with that. I will pass. Thank you, Melissa. Next we have Wendy S. Hi. Um, this is Wendy S. from New York. How are you? Um, I um, 
thank you so much, Kyla. That was really great. And I, um, I, yeah, I, I am grateful that there are so many young people that are finding program and finding recovery. And I sometimes wonder what life would have been like had I uh, been able to find recovery in my 20s or whatnot. Um, and I'm very grateful that I found it where I'm at. So um, I also wanted to thank you for actually bringing up that idea of having that, uh, that prayer that you do before your uh, nightly review. Um, that's, I, I think, such a genius idea. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been guilty in the past of being really, really hard on myself. Um, and, you know, when I did my fourth step, like it took me such a long time because I just thought I was the biggest asshole in the world and I just couldn't stand myself. And I was just like, I can't, I can't do any more fourth step. It took like weeks. Um, and yeah, and I have a, a bunch of sponsees also that, you know, have a lot of shame and have a lot of like issues around the fact that they've harmed people and, and, and done things that they're not proud of. And, um, so I get to now learn from you and take this to them as an idea. So thank you so much for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, speaking of the apple orange thing, I was talking to a, a fellow today about, um, how I just, how I wish I was someone that wouldn't automatically think horrible things about other people. <laughs> and, you know, and I just have to accept that that is what I do. Like if, if somebody irritates me, then I'll just, you know, think these horrible things that I think. And, um, and the wonderful thing about program is that I don't actually act on them anymore and that I can actually see myself doing it or hear myself doing it and stop myself in the moment um and you know pray and shift <laughs> shift the trajectory of the negativity and uh um yeah and and it's just it's been really great for me to actually have the um the tool of prayer you know whatever it is that I am praying to um which actually I've noticed changes quite often. Um, That's your turn. So thank you so much and I'll pass. Thank you, Wendy. Next we have Stephanie F. Hi guys, I'm Stephanie. Um, I'm an impulsive overeater and bulimic in Florida. Um, I always get really nervous before I share. And so I like put my hand down because um, I thought you were about to call on me and I didn't want to accidentally leave it up and then <laughs> So anyway, um, I'm going to try and just talk from the heart and not look at notes or anything like that, which is really hard for me because I've discovered that I am an apple that has been wearing an orange costume for my entire life. Um, I have worked really, really, really hard to make myself look like an orange to others. And I think a lot of people would think that I am an orange. And in fact, I've thought that at times looking in the mirror, like, oh yeah, this orange costume is fitting. I'm tricking people, but it's been, I've been being dishonest with myself. Um, because there's been times where again, on the outside, things would have looked great, great, great grades, um, got it all together, but on the inside dumpster fire, I mean, engaging in just 
out of control eating behaviors, out of control, low, vacillating between low self-esteem and crazy ego. Um, so I love the idea of just being an apple, just trying to be authentic um, and embracing that because that's how God made me. Um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Stephanie. Okay. We are now going to stop the recording if anyone else would like to share.